Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha. And Andy. And this week, we're talking about I Love You Man. I Love You Man is a bromantic comedy about Peter Clavin, a recently engaged, understated L.A. real estate agent who, upon getting engaged, realizes he has no close guy friends. He ventures out going on mandates in hopes of connecting with and finding the best man for his wedding. When he does, it ends up challenging his relationship with his fiancée. This movie was released back in 2009. It's rated R. This is, a, this is one of those classics that doesn't feel old at all. And then you do the math and you're like, is this movie like 15 years old? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Kind of like Bridesmaids. I feel it, like it yeah. came out around. It was even before. I think Bridesmaids was like 2011. Like, mm. But yeah, at this point, 2009 was so long. It's like. It's so crazy. Yeah. That's like jaws to goodfellas you know <laughs> it's fucking wild and paul rudd still looks the same if uh, not younger oh uh, yeah paul rudd's crushing it this was pre-marvel paul rudd yeah pre pre chiseled rudd <laughs> i like this right this, this, this i think is the best era rudd right here uh, i would say 2004 to 2010s prime rudd prime rudd <laughs> prime rudd right from anchorman out i like my red prime yeah wait right yeah, yeah. prime rudd yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay cool <laughs> I mean, 90s medium rare Rudd was still pretty damn good. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. You know, he just wasn't. I mean, clueless uh, Paul Rudd. Hello. Oh, yeah. It's classic. <laughs> I mean, Halloween 6, Paul Rudd. Okay. Hello. <laughs> so good. I was only eight years old when I saw him, but I was one of the lucky ones. I survived. There Michael's you. work isn't done in Haddonfield. And soon, very soon, he'll come home to kill again. But this time I'll be ready. Uh. Anyway, um, so this movie was directed by John Hamburg. Um, John Hamburg? Yeah. Sorry, I, I I don't know who he is, but my brain, when it hears John Ham, thinks that that sentence is gonna stop. So when you said Hamburg, I was like, that's not his name. Like John Ham, the actor. Oh. <laughs> like because I heard John Hamburg. Oh. I was like, I was like John, John Hamburg. <laughs> Was that his weird cousin? No, John Hamburg. Yeah. So he... It's when John Ham gets hungry. Right. And he yeah. wants hamburgers. And he, he likes burgers. Uh, he is known for, I mean, for me, Night of the Night at the Museum. All right. I don't know if you've seen Along Came Polly. Oh, uh, yeah, once. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, when I was like 14 when it came out. Like That's him. Yeah, I remember the basketball scene the most. Oh, course. I don't know anything about Along Came Paul. Ben Stiller and this really sweaty fat guy uh, play basketball, and then the bad guy takes off his shirt, and then there's like a slow motion scene where Ben Stiller's like face like rubs up his fat sweaty uh, stomach, and like <laughs> the nipples like rubbing on. It's really gross. Okay. It's, like, it's like super slow motion grossness. Cool. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a weasel. Sweet. And along came Polly. All right. Well, I guess he's worked with Ben Stiller a lot. Yeah. So he, you know, he helped write Zoolander too and meet the parents. So I think he's just had, he's a writer director. Yeah. And so he's rooted in comedy a lot. So nice. I think it made sense for him to, t- to take this movie on. Yeah. Surprisingly for how much I love comedy and comedians and comedy movies, I don't know too many of these. Because like when you look in the world of comedies, like 
once you find a group who make comedies, they generally use the same like two or three directors. Like mm-hmm. like almost all Adam Sandler movies are made by like three to four guys. It's like Dennis Dugan and a couple other people. But I don't know them as well as you think I would for how much I like comedy. So I, yeah, mm. I don't know John Hamburg. But I know all these movies. So yeah. I clearly know his work. I just don't know his name. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's so funny too because... Even before this, you were like, ooh, Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow. But he has nothing to do with this oh, movie. Oh, really? Like, not even in a, like, from like a, his company no, or anything? Oh, that's hilarious. So it's actually just like a lot of people that Judd like, has obviously worked with. and like. Well, yeah, the, I think. The, com- the actors. and I think the first half of the decade, comedy-wise, was ruled by Adam McKay and his crew <laughs> and Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, Judd Apatow took over. I feel mm. like... like Fortio Virgin and Knocked Up were like the passing of the torch from like the silly Will Ferrell wearing costumes to like the super raunchy R-rated. Like, you know, like Judd Apatow brought that back. That was kind of gone for a while. So I guess that's why I thought this was that because this is R-rated, raunchy. A lot of, you know, I mean, if you you look at the cast, it's like so many people who, you know, everyone from Jason Segel and everything, they all got started in Apatow products. Exactly, exactly. And it's like that type of humor. It's like very similar. Yeah. I don't even know how you describe that kind of humor. Like, just like the dialogue. It's like, it's It's awkward. Yeah, but it's not also like fully improvised, but it's like clearly Mm. improvisation is encouraged. Yeah. Because there are times where like, especially in this one, they're like doing the nicknames. The way the camera cuts back and forth, you can clearly tell that they they did it 50 times each and then they picked the four funniest ones. Like, it's, it's a style that you know when it's when people who aren't funny do it it can be a little rough but when as like stuff like curb and yeah. good Judd Apatow movies have shown us uh it can be great <laughs> it's like do you remember in, you know it's probably not pc anymore but in 40 year old version when seth rogan and paul rudd are playing video games they're doing the you know how i know you're gay bit oh. and they're going back and forth and like it's clearly that where the yeah. two of them are just sitting there for an hour thinking about what are funny things we can say you know how i know that you're gay oh. You like the movie Made in Manhattan? You know I know you're gay? How? I saw you make a spinach dip in a loaf of sourdough bread once. You know how I know that you're gay? How? You have a rainbow bumper sticker on your card that says, I love it when balls are in my face. That's gay? (laughs) Not that they invented it, but he kind of popularized it again in in this time. That's well, nuts that he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, um, there was actually an article, like, headline, like, the best Judd Apatow movie that Judd had nothing to do with. Yeah. Or, like, something like... That's hilarious. Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk about... Uh, I know, sorry, we're jumping a little ahead here. Yeah. Because this is a much more modern movie, and we don't do too... We haven't done too many comedies on this show, so it's not going to be a lot of, like depth of narrative to talk about where we're going to talk about yeah. you know jokes and people in it but yeah i'm excited to just talk about this like work because this clearly came out in a time of these comedies that we're not getting them anymore so mm-hmm. it's fun to see it as like a timepiece. yeah so for excited. sure so i guess to back up a little bit this original screenplay is actually like before this movie was made was 11 years old like it existed before oh, wow. it just never got made so it was originally written by uh, Larry Levin, who I guess is known for Dr. Doolittle. Um, and also in in the featurette that I found, um, Donald De- DeLine is also credited. Um, and he ended up being a producer on this movie. John Hamburg knew of the script and basically... Oh, and the and the movie was originally called Let's Be Friends. Okay. So John Hamm got hold... John Hamm. Ah, Look what you had me do. <laughs> John <Drake> Hamburg... <laughs> Got hold of the script and sort well, of like Well, you know, it could a, be, you know, John Hamm was famous in advertising from Mad Men. Oh, he could have uh, used some of that skills to re-market it. Yeah, 
rebrand. Yeah, I wish I watched Mad Men so I could have one reference, but I don't have any <laughs> except drinking and smoking. Uh, and you can't. We gotta watch that show. Yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, he basically got hold of the script and rewrote it, made it more modern, and sort of you know put his his flair on it. Yeah. So he's credited for writing this movie. Um, and then this movie, of course, stars Paul Rudd, Jason Segel, and Rashida Jones. With appearances by Jamie Presley, John Favreau, Sarah Burns, Andy Samberg, Jane Curtin, J.K. Simmons, Rob Hubel, Joe Lotrulio. Joe Lotrulio. Lo Joe Ferrigno. Tell me you're him Joe Lo. Joe Lotrulio. <laughs> Joe uh, Lotrulio. Oh, Joe Joe Lo. He's <laughs> like J-Lo, but Joe Lo. Yep. Um, Lou Ferrigno, Thomas Lennon, and so many more. Yeah, it's insane. It's like this cast is like star stuff yeah i don't know whose job it like i don't know whose idea that was to just be a, like let's make sure every role is like somebody in comedy whether they're <laughs> famous or just like obscure but they're in comedy yeah like it's not they're not they're it's it's pretty sweet it's it's awesome i think just john hamburg has worked with so many of these people and like they're obviously friends with each other like you could even tell like watching the movie how well everyone plays off of each other that i think just the relationships existed already, so For I think sure. that's what made it easy to be able to get all these people to say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lastly, some details about how the movie did. It grossed $92 million on a $40 million budget, so not too shabby. Yeah. Um, 40 mil? That's a lot. Yeah, I know. I mean, there are many locations in this movie. I guess so, yeah. And there are a ton of deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking, yeah, yeah, 40 million. And you had the actual band Rush involved. <laughs> That's true, like you I have, guess so. Yeah, they're... You have well-known stars. Yeah. Like, I think the budget makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, you know me, I'm always saying that streaming movies seem small. Yeah. This, is, this didn't seem small, even though it's a small <laughs> movie. It's about two guys becoming friends, but it felt cinematic. Right. It, no, I think, I think, well, that's one of my arguments, but I think that, you know, even for simple stories like this, what you just said is true. Like, take a nice, relatable story and just put, I don't know, build an actual world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, you know, it could be worth it. Um, So, yeah, I, I didn't know this, but uh, this movie was the third collab between Jason and Paul Rudd. You know, they did Knocked Up Together, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, um, and I don't, I don't know what the third one was. Yeah, that's true, but... They're, they like crossed that's like saying like they they barely had they're like a scene okay. or two together they were in uh all right well this is knocked not- up especially like jason siegel was in seth rogan's crew and paul rudd was what's her name's husband you know like they didn't really ever hang out together damn well that was blame the imdb true oh don't, don't go by you have an imdb connection it's gonna be like yeah fuck it's gonna be like yo paul rudd watched freaks and geeks yeah. In 1999, and Jason Segel was on it, so, you know. Yeah. Fuck, I, I, it's crazy. In, Let's it, not waste our audience when, this time. When Jason Segel is walk, walking on a beach, he comes across a seagull. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's foreshadowing that he's going to be a Muppet. What? Uh, <laughs> and you're like... Um, that's, that's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, man. Paul Rudd's amazing in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I gotta watch that movie again. I know we watched it and I liked it, oh, but I, I, it. I don't remember it. It's, it might be, like, when we're talking about this era, it might be my, it's definitely my favorite Jason Segel movie. Uh-huh. But it might be, like, my favorite of these comedies from this era, except for maybe before the old version. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um. Probably my favorite rom-com. 
damn it's so funny because when i was doing research for this i came across a, a lot of articles that were like forgetting sarah marshall almost was a perfect movie <laughs> yeah it's so good <laughs> no but do you agree with almost oh i mean i, I wouldn't call it a perfect movie uh, I, don't th- I don't think it's that good i just uh, think no. it's a really good rom-com and it's very funny i guess we could save it for that episode yeah uh, I'll, I'll bring it back because i definitely love it i'll uh i'll bring it up nice and it bleeds into the muppets it's like come on <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that this movie was nominated for Best Kiss at the MTV uh, Movie Awards. Again, what are we doing? You're looking at MTV Movie Awards? No, but listen, <laughs> like, because I was like, there's no way, like, you know, this is a funny movie, but I don't know what awards a comedy is winning. Yeah. Um, but it was nominated, and it was the kiss between Paul Rudd and Thomas Lennon's. Oh, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, MTV was always doing that shit. I was like, Best Kiss was always like borderline funniest kiss oh okay you know i guess sometimes it was real like i remember like it was like the spider-man upside down kiss like obviously that's gonna win but like yeah Yeah. i'm pretty sure when two dudes kissed it was always that really like like, when when uh dude wears i was a big mtv movie award watcher from like no way 2000 to 2004 like for like four years whoa uh, i thought it was hilarious that is so funny because you hate award shows i can never imagine i was a preteen and it was mtv (laughs) and they were like you know jack black would host and he was funny and they would do movie parodies wow um but yeah like it was uh Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott in uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Uh-huh. Like, anytime it was a gay kiss, I was uh, Sean William Scott and the other guy in American Pie 2. Okay. Like, anytime it was two... That was the era where, like, that was the funniest joke. If you if you had a movie, you'd take two straight guys, make them kiss. Woo! <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> we were all knee-slapping for, for eight years. Oh, this might be the end of it. It was 2009. I feel like that joke... Well, because in this movie, it's different, because in the old ones, it would be like, oh, don't be gay! And then this movie, the joke was that, like, he was so polite about it. Yeah. Like, he's more progressive you know what i mean and then like, so but it's still uh, uh it's still an old ass joke you know? yeah it lost to twilight by the way oh yeah <laughs> no empty uh, movie words are pretty stupid they definitely uh, don't do them anymore right no they do are they really i'm pretty sure they do the movie award no oh, wait not movie they, I awards com- i think they combine i think because they always had the music video awards that was yeah, always the big one i think they have one award yeah, show the vmas have always been like that's like what that's what they're known for and uh-huh. then there was the movie awards that was like their lesser known thing yeah i think that's dead okay i don't think they're still i doing like their that. trophies though the astronaut yeah did they let that go probably yeah i'm pretty sure the movie awards was was like popcorn like a golden popcorn uh yeah, yeah 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 that sounds yeah, familiar yeah. Yeah, the VMAs were different. That was always a little bit more "quote unquote" prestigious. Mm-hmm. The movie awards were always like the dumb. So the movie awards, like it would just be like it was basically like the fan awards. Like like Spider Man would win, and then like Batman would win. Like it was just yeah. like the shit, you know, when people are like the Oscars don't appreciate <laughs> superheroes. Like yeah, let's and, go to MTV. And then it's like, why are we doing this ten times? Like how many award shows do we need? Yeah, no, the VMAs. I mean, it, <laughs> but they did have like. I mean, they were funny skits to me at 12. I don't know if I looked them up again, would they be funny? But, like, funny parody skits. Mm. Like, parody of the Matrix. I don't know that they're investing in, in skits on those shows anymore. No, I don't think so. And I don't also don't think we have movies that are cultural touchstones the way, like, The Matrix and Spike. Like, you know, like, mm. when those came out, everyone was talking about them. Nowadays, it's like, yeah. everything's splintered. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> the <TV laughs> Award. No, oh, yeah, because this movie <laughs> best kiss. No, I knew we were, but I forgot how we got here. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know. Do you want to talk about this cast before we dive in, or do you want to talk about like our first initial like? Uh, I think our first initial. Okay. To the cast. Cool. So why don't you tell me about yours with the "I Love You Man"? Niche. Um, <laughs> I got him a brief. Yeah, definitely, definitely saw it around when it came out. I can't remember though if I saw it in theaters. I might not have. 
when I was 19, yeah, because I was in college at the time, I was barely going to the movies. Like, I didn't have that much money. Go, Like, you know, like, Aww. I mean, we had money, but, like, you know, I was spending it on partying. I wasn't going to go to the movies. You were you partying know? at 19? In college? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what fucking question is that? <laughs> so, yeah, that, I don't think I saw it in the movies. That was, like, the era of, like, we were just pirating everything. Mm. LimeWire. Yeah. And we were Torrent. Just, like, you know, we weren't going to, like, get in our one friend who had the car and go to the movies. Like, we were just, yeah, we were being reckless. <laughs> so, I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember just fucking finding it funny right off the bat. Like I said, off the top, this was this just the era where these actors were just pumping out these half improv comedies, but they were like hitting gold most of the time. Um, and this one, I always like pair it in my mind with role models. Mm-hmm. Prob- I think it was the same exact year, but they were just both like big Paul Rudd led comedies and they were both pretty successful. Um, but this one was always a little bit the more... Uh, Kind of, like, stupid to say, but this one seemed a little bit more, like, mature. Like, Role Models was, like, mad silly. Okay. And then I Love You Man was, like, it's obviously very silly, too. I'm not saying this movie's mature by any means. But, like, mm-hmm. it always had a little bit more of, like, a storyline, in my opinion. But I find them both hilarious. Still to this day, we'll watch either if I see them somewhere. <laughs> it is pretty funny. I've watched it in the background, like, as you were watching it. Wow, Role Models? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always on something. Like, it's like, <laughs> like whether you, like, you have regular TV or you're, like, putting on Pluto, you're like, ah, hey, I'll watch a half hour of this. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's just, like, I saw it and I liked so, it. So you saw it, you liked it, but, like, it wasn't really a rewatch for you. No, not so much. Not, like... When I do think of these ones, I would almost always go to Forgetting Sarah Marshall first. Mm-hmm. So that was always the one that I would like. Like, I never showed this movie to anybody. I never was like, you never saw I Love You, Man? We got to put it on. But I've done that with, like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and, uh, like, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, so I've always l- I've always liked it. But, yeah, it's never. it was never – it didn't, like, hit me where I was like, holy fuck, what a great comedy. It's just like, oh, they did it again. Mm. Another funny one. And then I also remember I was late to see Hot Rod, so this was probably the first time I saw Andy Samberg out of SNL. Oh. Um, or, like, Lonely Island videos, you know? So mm-hmm. I never really saw him, like, in something. Even though Hot Rod was, like, the first big one, but I just I didn't see that till later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was the first time with Andy Samberg, and then maybe some of the cast it was my first time. Like, this, this, the background, like, secondary actors. But even them, I could think of other ones that I've seen them somewhere beforehand. Yeah. But, yeah, just I just, like, I remember being, like, solid, good work. Yeah, but I also feel like we were such we were flooded with such good comedies in this era. It was just like you didn't even have to savor it because there was always like something you know, else. Like, Super bad was the year before. Like we were just we and were even just... TV too. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, TV also. This was the era where all I could do was talk about Community. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about Thirty Rock. Like I was just like I was obsessed with TV comedies too. That's actually a good point. So yeah. I think if I was showing anybody anything, I'd be like, yeah, these movies are funny, but you gotta check out the TV. That's a good yeah. point. But even the little things, like, Tropic Thunder, like. Like just every, like two thousand <laughs> like five like everything like you know, knocked up was oh seven like funny people was oh nine yeah like like it was just coming out the gates damn we were laughing we were laughing now it's depressing oh, no, <laughs> ten nobody, years later <laughs> it's, we can't get a comedy greenlit for life of us I kind of I am I'm hoping it's not even a theory just like three comedians who I love are all making movies right now mm-hmm. and or have shot them and they're getting edited or whatever. And I, I think, like, these will... We'll see if these make money. If they don't make money, I think we're fucked. Oh, no. But if they're good and successful, we might see a change. You know what I mean? Okay. We got Burt Kreischer making a movie. We got Sebastian Maniscalco making a movie. And Bill Burr just finished shooting his movie. Nice. Um, so we'll see if these turn out good. Because King of Staten Island was solid. And I liked it a lot. But it was still even mo- half a drama. Like, I feel like we're not getting comedy. Yeah. Like, like These are dark times. The very last ones that I could think of that were huge... 
where like and even huge is an understatement but it's like good boys train wreck and like mm. in my eyes game night even though game night didn't make any money but that, that should that be up pretty there. good i fucking love game night yeah um i feel like but like those were, were like traditional big comedies like on the big screen cock blockers oh yeah yeah i guess that's yeah i would put that there too that was that was pretty big yeah yeah i did enjoy that one yeah but yeah, other than like, yeah, yeah, I just feel like <laughs> we got like these smaller ones on streaming or like the dramedies, like like the Andy Samberg, like Palm Springs, like that mm. was a comedy, but it wasn't. It was, was it? Yeah, it was like a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you got to be laughing. Not abused. Um, <laughs> it was I. Right. Uh, um, I and just side note, it's just nice. It's kind of funny to identify like Andy Samberg's era by his hair. Yeah, you know, yeah, like this is the hot rod. <laughs> you know, late SNL first season of Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's yeah. where it ends. And the only reason it solidifies there is because it's, it's his opening. In the opening, it's his hair for all yeah. eight seasons of that show. <laughs> and you're like, man, yeah, that shit in the pilot. Like, yep. <laughs> cool. Um. Well. What about you? How? What was your history with this one? So. My memory might not be serving me 100% right, but I'm pretty sure that I saw this movie in theaters and um, with my friend at the time, Zane, who I'm pretty sure also took me in the theaters to watch Bridesmaids right. um, a few years later. And I just remember like... How are you guys seeing R-rated movies? Just get in. You, you go. <laughs> I guess they weren't checking our IDs. But anyway, I... I remember like this being Well, I guess in two thousand nine you would have just been turning seventeen. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you would have been Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. We yeah. were like juniors or seniors. Uh, I forgot it was seventeen, not eighteen. Oh wait, no. Two thousand nine. Because I was nineteen. Yeah, how was I watching it in theaters? Maybe I wasn't. Cause I, I got into high school at two in two thousand ten. No, high school? Oh, I'm sorry. No, my years are messed up. Sorry. No, no, doing? I graduated in You're 2010. Two years yeah, yeah, yeah. I sorry, was sorry. In <laughs> I've been lying about my age. <laughs> you my bad, I mean, my bad. Jesus, no, I said 27. <laughs> 27. 17. Ah, got him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But yes, um, I remember seeing this in theaters and just like Bridesmaids 2, and this is the same friend who tried to get me into um those New Zealand guys. What are Flight they? Of the Concords. Flight of the Concords. Zane, just... Zane's got some good taste. I like <laughs> she Zane. She does. I kind of like want to call her up and be like, thank you for trying. You really <laughs> did your best. Because like she showed me like multiple episodes. Like I remember being in her room and like her showing and like cracking up. And I was just like, I remember I when we started dating and me like being like going to show it to you and you'd be like, yeah, I've seen it before. It's whatever. <laughs> and then like we're watching. I'm cracking up. And you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But like that didn't work on me but this movie and bridesmaids like had me cracking up and i think it's just because of how relatable peter clavin uh paul rudd's character how relatable his awkwardness is yeah. i like completely relate to it <laughs> <laughs> just like the the struggles that come with like making new friends and everything like that it's just like so it was so yeah. funny and like everyone's like see, it's like seemingly so cool and casual and then you try to do it and it's like ah, you're just like <laughs> ah, see you later mcgee you yeah. know like it's so all right dumb. jobin <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love this movie and, you know, Paul Rudd, I, and I don't know if you know this about me, but I had a huge crush on Jason Siegel too around this That's time. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Paul Rudd. I was going to be like, yeah, so does everybody. No, no, Jason Siegel. Siegel. 
Um, yeah, so he's I lovable. Yeah, he is, right? Yeah, he's great. He's Marshall. Yeah, exactly. I think you know, I love I love a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. Oh no. Andy, you're not saying anything. Mm. The worst is when you just leave me to like make myself, you know, spiral. It's my favorite. (laughs) The story to me was also one that I hadn't and a lot of people hadn't seen before, you know, revolving around a romantic comedy around bros, you know, and just seeing their perspective and just in making friends and not having it be like, you know, a romantic kiss guy gets girl or whatever. It's not it's it shifted that view and what a story could be. And I was like, whoa, mind blown, you know? So um, I I thought it was really cool. And it just, it normalized not having a ton of friends too, you know? Uh Um, So I I just really immediately gravitated towards movie upon first viewing. And just every time, I've always thought about it fondly. Freaking slap in the bass has stuck with me for years. (laughs) And yeah, it just always makes me laugh. I no matter how many times I see it. So nice. I was really excited to bring it onto the cast and we've been sort of in like a serious movie phase. So yeah. it's nice to sort of just break out of that for a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. I'm bringing a comedy next week too. Nice. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention when I said this wasn't any of my first time with these casts. I lie. I, uh, this is definitely <laughs> the first time I ever saw Rashida Jones. Oh. And like clocked it. Okay. I'm sure I might've seen her in something before, yeah. but I didn't start watching Parks and Rec until season two. And that would have been like the year after this. I'm honestly similar to the way Leslie is on Parks and Rec. I just remember being like, who is this like gorgeous lady? <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? You don't yeah. normally see someone like that be that funny or like, or that like natural. And I'm like, how do I not know who this is? Like, how have I not seen her and stuff? Like, yeah. it's not like, you know, it's not like when like Ma- Maya Rudolph or someone like, oh, I've seen her on SNL. I've seen her grow. And I was just like, who the hell is this and why like how is she this hot and funny <laughs> you know what's kind of hilarious because like as a hip-hop head like or i guess as a guy too like that you don't pay attention to who rappers are dating ever yeah oh never <laughs> so it's like you know rashida was with jay-z at one point i have no idea i'm, I'm learning that right now like i have no idea <laughs> yeah so it's funny that this was your first like yeah and then if i just found out you know she's like quincy jones's daughter yeah. and all this other stuff but yeah i was just like who the hell like how is like you know yeah. i i think this is my first time seeing rashida jones too and i didn't like i was just like ah the girl in the movie you know like i didn't really (laughs) yeah i mean she definitely is 100 percent the straight man like she doesn't really do much funny at any point in the movie Mm -hmm. but like it's not because she's not funny they just don't give her yeah yeah there has to be a straight man or woman that's Um, why i like um she almost always plays a straight man or man or woman (laughs) (laughs) she always plays a straight man but um she has a very silly show on TBS she created called Angie Tribeca. And uh, oh. super duper silly. So I like that uh, she gets to play that. Cool. It's kind of like the old uh, like Naked Gun style parody stuff where like... Oh, it's, you it's lost more, me at Naked Gun. Uh, it's more like... <laughs> the listeners get Never mind. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of parody where it's like so over the top. Kind of like how Scary Movie does it where like it's like anything could happen at any moment. You know, and it's almost like you're almost like doing like a pun you know so they'll be like all right everybody let's go hands in and then you'll see a bunch of disembodied hands fly into the oh, middle of the circle like okay. like those kind of jokes you gotcha, know like gotcha. but then no one's missing hands you know it's like it's just you just keep moving okay that's so she made a show like that and she plays like a no-nonsense cop named angie tribeca oh. it's not my favorite show but it is funny wait and, what is this on yeah it was on tbs okay i think it was like four seasons or something i think it's over turn up but yeah so anyway i like because even in parks and rec like she's almost always the straight 
Like, she never gets to really cut loose and stuff. I mean, she's perfect, so. Yeah. <laughs> perfect angel. Um, so, if you want to guess Rotten Tomatoes before we move on. I think this is pretty well liked. I would say it's like uh, 88 critics, uh, 91 audience. Yeah. This time around, I'm disappointed in the audience. Only 74. Ooh. Um, 80, 83% critics. Uh, so you're close there, but yeah. like, what the hell is going on, people? Are you I not think, watching the movie? I think, I just think it's like what I said, where it was like, there was so much comedies coming out that like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I, I totally understand the reasons why you like gravitated towards this character specifically, but I could see why people are just like, well, yeah, it came out in this, you know, in between Bridesmaids and Superbad. I'm not going to remember fucking I Love yeah. You, Man, you know, like. I think oh, one thing they say in this movie a lot, and that's why I put it in my description of the movie, is understated. Yeah. Like, Peter Clavin is understated. His open house is understated. This movie is understated. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> cool. So, um, I am voting to not have a uh, non-spoiler section this time around. Yeah. I think there's not really anything to spoil. and it, all no, this mo- it's-, it's all in the comedy, so yeah. let's just talk about the movie mm-hmm. are you ready to slap at the bass man slap at the bass the opening gag after the hey, peter and zoe get engaged and then they're in the car with the speakerphone you know it's on the trailer it's like it's a yeah. big part of the movie i'm selling the exposition i've never questioned until this time post us getting engaged how weird it is that they assumed peter wasn't in the car who the hell gets engaged oh. <laughs> and then gets in separate cars and goes home to separate places? Oh. Like, even if you don't live together, I feel like it's a very celebratory night. You're going to want to go together home. You're going to want to go together to dinner. Yeah. It was just very weird that her friends assumed. Like, she just called and said, hey, I'm engaged. And she was like, oh, my God, I love Peter eating you out. And I was like, how would you not? Like, because you and I called people from the yeah. car. But, like. But, like, you, there's no way to assume that he, she. I, I couldn't know. have put. I could have not put them on speakerphone. You know what I mean? Like maybe no, they thought. No, I yeah, I know that. But I'm saying, like, in what world would they've had this romantic night? They get engaged and they say, "All right, see you tomorrow," and then get in separate. They're gonna go and have sex and have a nice romantic yeah. night. Like it was just very like unrealistic <laughs> for me to be like. None of her friends will be like, "Well, why aren't you with Peter now?" You know. Like, uh-huh. But I get for the sake of the joke, they couldn't do that. Yeah. But it was the first time I questioned it after living <laughs> the the. The moments post an engagement, (laughs) you're gonna be together. Nobody gets engaged and then and then leaves for the rest of the night alone. (laughs) That's hilarious. But yeah, I I, now that we are engaged, like it's so funny to watch this scene because like that's exactly what happened. Like I called my friends, you called your friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But they knew we were together in the car. Yeah, but we did announce it. To be fair, (laughs) I know. But like, come on, I'm I'm trying to be funny. (laughs) Okay. In in what world? Such the most romantic night of my life. All right, I'm gonna go go to my apartment. I'll see you later. (laughs) Might order some Chinese food and watch uh, The Office. It is realistic for people to not have a ton of people to call. Like I remember that being. Oh, that for sure. Yeah, something that I was very self conscious about. Like even when we started dating, like. Because I didn't have, like, a huge group of friends that I would consider, like, call up all the time friends. You know, I have, like, three close friends from college, one really close friend from, like, my childhood, you know? So I was just like, oh, no, like, I don't have as many, you know? Like, that's something that I'm sure a lot of people think about. Yeah, I think it's more common with adults than we all like to talk about. Like, Mm. you generally... As you get older, you tend your 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 friends get whittled down to like <laughs> three or four like important people in your life. Yeah, and not that you're saying you don't have other friends, like you know, 
but it's like when you really like the people you would call you right know, that, that gets boiled down pretty low yeah what i love about this movie too is just like introducing the idea of like what is it like to make friends as an adult yeah, <laughs> that definitely on this viewing was way more relatable and fun to watch than i didn't really get at 19 because mm. at 19 it's so easy to make friends you yeah just walk around you hey. just uh meet them at the party and yeah, then he's like, hey, you're my age it must mean we're like each other <laughs> But yeah, so that was hilarious this time where I was like, oh, I totally get it now. Like, it's yeah. way harder to make friends. Oh, my God. And just like the random stuff you just say out loud. And even me, like making a friend at the dog park is sort of like, whoa, like, is this? I don't know how to be. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just showing your authentic self. Um, but what do you think about like Peter Clavin as a character? I really love him and just. I think that if you were to look, if someone were to watch this movie now, obviously his brother, the gay brother played by Andy Samberg, would like be problematic or whatever. Nah, whatever. But I think that. Would it really? I feel like it would be kind of fine. What's wrong with him? Well, well, one, I could hear the people being like, "Why didn't you just cast a real gay man?" Oh yeah. But, yeah. Um, and then like just the fact that he like. He loves making straight people gay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, there are are a couple. I know. It is hilarious. But I think that I really liked how this movie had the gay brother played him straight and then had Peter Clavin be be the... feminine one. Exactly. Who loves Devil Lettuce Prada and chocolate mousses or whatever the fuck he was making. I freaking love that. Yeah, yeah. And it made him so much more lovable, too. And it's like, you know, you don't normally see it that much in movies but like there's plenty of those types of dudes like completely straight but like not into you know traditional like dude stuff it's like, yeah. yeah it's very funny and then yeah the the and even having you know the dad not only be accepting <laughs> of the gay son but like literally loving him more than anyone else like it's like <laughs> his best friend like like that's a very funny joke too in a hey. time when and his best friend from IBM. I forget his name. Uh, Hank Mordukas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite character. <laughs> and Hank Mordukas. That's such <laughs> a great joke for it to carry it all the way through the it's, movie. It's a great joke and it's a fucking great name. Like, you don't think about the little <laughs> things when you write a joke. Like, you have to make that name up. And yeah. if his name was Hank Solomon, it's not funny. Like, Hank Mordukas is just a funny <laughs> fucking name. <laughs> And then the fact that, like, he never talks. You finally see him at the end, yeah. right? Hey. <laughs> and it's such, like, it's such admiration. That's such a great payoff. That's it. And Hank Mardukas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the director, J.H., like, it, even just seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff. called J.H.? That's what they called him uh, on the, on the, in all the bloopers and stuff. They're like, oh, freaking That's because they're all friends with John Hamm, and they were like, it's <laughs> <laughs> too confusing in here. <laughs> But I don't know. He's right. like, Brad is care. really good. It's funny that I don't. The fact that they call him that is fine. I thought you were just <laughs> took it upon yourself. Oh no, no, no! Like, hey, I'm watching a JH flick. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. They all called him JH. That's funny. But his humor is like freaking good. How do you get funny like that? <laughs> well, he didn't write it. <laughs> no, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's oh, why he said at the top no, of the you thing. No, you said the script was floating around way before him. Yeah, but then he rewrote the script, oh, okay, okay, and okay. like that's where all of these jokes and stuff come from. I mean, obviously with the improv yeah. in the in the making of, but um, yeah, he he wrote he's credited as a writer on this movie cool cool one thing he did say is that uh jason siegel's character sydney fife he was like yeah there's no way i could have written him in a pg-13 movie like the movie had to be rated r for his character to be successful yeah you know like from jacking off to like just how how honest and like authentic he is as a person there's no way yeah yeah yeah. um and i i really liked you know 
Sydney Fife is definitely a character that I think if written just a little off, I would just not like w- enjoy watching this movie. Yeah. But I think it's just just enough. Yeah, it's kind of like, interesting because they don't really it. go either way with him because he's not he's not a super manly manly man. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like he wears like those kind of sweaters and like you know stuff like that. But then he also does have those tendencies of like you know hey we're all animals you know we like to fuck like like he is like he's a very He's like alpha male in some ways, but then yeah. in other ways he's not. And I felt like it would have been easier to just write him one way or the other, where he, either he was like very like wise and everything he said was smart, mm-hmm. or he was like an out of control maniac who was a bad influence on Peter. But like he made sense, but he was also kind of an idiot. <laughs> and like he definitely like put his own foot in his mouth a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he could have been the guy who had all the right answers. He could have been like the guy who had all the wrong answers. But I like that they wrote him and portrayed him in a way where like, no, he's flawed, but he's also like a good guy but he definitely is kind of an idiot yeah like, he's a hothead they call yeah, him yeah and, and there are certain things he really understands and there's certain things where he's out of his element he doesn't understand at all you yeah know, like. no it was i think they wrote him perfectly him and peter's characters like just, just they each have what the other is lacking yeah. you know like peter has more structure and is just you know more level-headed whereas but like he doesn't challenge or like go out of the box he's yeah. not he doesn't have confidence in himself, but that's where Sydney comes in and like gives him that. Yeah. And it's just like a nice complimentary um, relationship that they have. And I love that that also resonated off camera too. Like they were even saying like in the beginning of filming this movie, you know, they had a, they've known each other for years. So they already had like a friendship, but like it turned from like professional, like having fun on set to like then like, embracing each other and like kissing and all that stuff you know yeah, like yeah. they're just like really <laughs> became close during this movie yeah, and it's just awesome. like, freaking love friendship <laughs> <laughs> um one thing that i and apologies in advance for jumping around no, i mean this again this, you said it up top this is yeah. a plot focused movie really I mean, yeah i do like like the where the characters end up in the third act, like, I, I kind of like the conversations they have, but it's not that, like, deep. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because you, you yeah. can see that part coming. It's more the journey, how you like, getting there is the, is the what you're there for. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so, I guess just to establish, you know, obviously, we already talked about at the top of the movie, they get engaged and Paul goes on this hunt to find his best man essentially right yeah. so he gets put on a bunch of ma- uh, on a bunch of mandates by his, of, yeah. exactly um his brother sets him up his mom sets him up he goes on a dating website or not a dating website a friend finder website yeah. and just compilation of terrible dates before he meets sydney um so i kind of want to talk about that a little bit yeah. before we move forward um i i do like that he does try he tries what he knows already so like trying to make friends with his fiance's friend's husband yeah. john played by john favreau i mean you're a fan of his yeah. like what how did you how did you like his character <laughs> his freaking asshole character yeah it's pretty great um yeah I, I, it's so fucking funny that that one scene i love how like weirdly immature him and his friends are too like you know that like those guys seem fucking annoying i wouldn't want to hang out with them either like playing like river drinking games at like 45 years old and yeah like you're so dumb um but uh but yeah no i love john favreau is so funny and then i like you know i like when they're not afraid to 
his character didn't need to have some sort of weird redemption or anything. Like, mm. you know, he was just kind of an asshole and he hated <laughs> Peter and that was the end of it. <laughs> but like, it made sense why he hated Peter. Like, Peter was weird around him and he threw up all over his head. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? You, you understood. Oh, man. Yeah, he no, tried. I do remember. I don't think I'll, it'll ever get me again because you know what's coming. But the first time with the projectile vomit, I remember oh. laughing so hard. Like, just not God. seeing it coming at all. It was so cool. There's an, actually a nice making of video um, where they include that scene. So, like, they're actually in front of a green screen for that. Uh-huh. Um, and just they show, like the person making the machine where the projectile vomit comes out. So it was like an air pressure sort of thing. And uh-huh. they, they mixed a bunch of suits, yeah, soups yeah. like tomato and potato or whatever. One thing I did learn is that uh, John was, when he, he agreed to do this movie, like, you know, a year or whatever in advance. Um, and they actually started shooting right when Iron Man came out, the one that he directed. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's everywhere. Like, he he called Robert Downey Jr. like he was like hey like I know Iron Man's happening like I signed up to be in this like small comedy like I'm thinking I drop it so I could do like press tours or whatever and Robert's like no like you're experiencing a high off Iron Man like the best thing you could do is to keep working nice and he was like yeah so this that's basically the reason why he stayed on I love you uh, man that's cool um and he was like I don't regret it either like he Robert was right I you know yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's so smart to just, you know, keep keep doing, keep hustling. Oh, yeah. Now, this was like the start of the second wind of his career. Like, he already had a successful career up to this, but then this was... What was before this? Um, I mean, Swingers was his first big hit in the uh, 90s. Um, but, you know, he directed Elf. Like, he was doing a lot of stuff with Will uh, Ferrell. Like, he was just directing just like a work. He was just killing it, like making comedies. Yeah. And occasionally... He was in stuff, too, but he was never a big, big actor. Like, he, would, he was always more <laughs> behind the scenes. I like it. Remember he was in Sopranos? He was... Sopranos? Yeah. Remember when Christopher was, when he was following Christopher <gasps> around? Oh my God, yeah, the director. We just saw that. Oh that my God. That wasn't just. Uh, that was last season. Yeah. That was a while ago. And he was so young. Wow. <laughs> he was so... Um, yeah. But yeah, at once uh, once he got Iron Man, then it was like he directed that, Iron Man 2, then he directed the fucking... Star Wars? Before, no, Lion King and Jungle Book. Oh yeah, Jungle Book. Uh, and then Star Wars, Mandalorian. Like, yeah, yeah. And now he's just like... I do like John after doing the research for this movie because he was talking a lot about how he loves working on other people's projects like as an actor yeah because he gets to learn from other directing like he gets to observe other directing styles and and learn from that and i just always love when people especially like very successful people like continue to learn and not be sort of like i'm the best already so i don't need to learn you know like i just he's very humble yeah yeah and say what you will about like lion king and all and i mean i like jungle book a lot i don't really like lion king but he pushed technology in a way where it was never been pushed before, like mm. James Cameron style, you know what I mean? And even the way they film Mandalorian, it's insane. Like, if you ever look it up, like, nothing is real. Like, it's filmed, like, basically, like, in a computer program. Like, it's insane. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> not true, but I'm, I'm being, I'm exaggerating, mm-hmm. but it's pretty remarkable what they do without sets. Yeah. To make a show like that. Yeah. No, it's so true. Um, yeah. So, so you he's, ha- al- he's always learning. I love that. Uh, so you have John, and then you have Joe Latrugio. Trugio? I can't say his name. We'll call him Joe. Joe Latrulio. Joe Latru. There's a G. Yeah, it's silent. Oh, okay. Joe Latrulio. Trulio. Trulio. Latrulio. Latrulio. <laughs> um, this is pre Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, Joe Latrulio. 
Uh, I love seeing him and Andy Samberg together before that. That is pretty hilarious. Right? <laughs> I, you know, there's no way you could have known that the first time. We were just like, ah, yeah. Boyle and, and uh, Peralta. I, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the cast, but I freaking love Boyle. Oh, Boyle's one of the greats. Yeah. One of the great characters. <laughs> Probably the best character on that show. Uh, so he has like, he's the weird gym dude with a weird voice. Um, hilarious. And then, you know, they cast a... This is one of John's or Joe's lookalikes here. Freaking, what's his name? Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon is the gay dude that Peter's mom sets him up yeah. with. They go on a mandate. Uh huh. He looks exactly like Joe. Oh, eh, not really. Oh, face blindness. Well, see, you just confused the hell out of me because on Brooklyn Nine Nine, there's a whole storyline where there's a doppelganger boy. So I thought you said that guy was oh, in this movie. Sorry, no. See, you're just confusing everybody. No, but everybody. I'm. But actually, if you put them three in a room, I don't think so. I think so. No. Yeah, we're the googling guy, it. I I lost his name. We just said it, but the guy who played the gay guy, he's in every. He's in so much stuff. Is he? Yeah, yeah and he's he's definitely does not look like Boyle. Oh, uh, uh, fun fact: Thomas Lennon, uh, the gay dude, uh, auditioned for the the jerk face real estate agent that works at Peter's office. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, another funny side note for me that's only relevant because I just watched it, even though it's ten years old. But the same year this came out was when uh, Party Down started on Stars, uh-huh. the sitcom that only lasted two years. Yeah, uh, I just I just watched it for the first time. It's <laughs> hilarious, but uh, it's it's created by Paul Rudd and three other guys, um, and it has all I think every <laughs> mo- person from this movie Jeez. that wasn't. O- extremely famous was on that show at some point including the gay guy you know and that's stuff so like funny that. and uh freaking um rob hubel is his name yeah 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 that's funny yeah big time i mean every, I guess so many people were on that show <laughs> that were in this movie um cool yeah so you have the gay the gay mandate where he gets a kiss at the end <laughs> um Sorry, the gay, gay mandate, mandate. <laughs> sounds like a mandate for gays <laughs> so gays out after seven it's the gay mandate <laughs> oh no <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think those were all the oh, and the old man who who catfishes Peter <laughs> oh, yeah. on the friend website <laughs> is I'm actually meant to look him up. He's not a famous guy, is he? Not that I recognize. He might be. He might be. I, no, I don't know all old famous guys. I just didn't recognize. I thought he was so cute. He was very funny. <laughs> but um, I liked. I liked. He was like Peter's future because he was like this old guy. Clearly, never had any male friends because he was like. Ever since my wife died, I've been so lonely. And I feel like Peter was like picturing his future, like Zoe dying and him just being alone with nobody to talk to. Cute. Yeah, I I freaking, you know, I freaking love a montage. So that was, that was great to watch. Cool. Boyle's cracking voice was hilarious. (laughs) Here we go. Whatever trip. Here we go. I I mean, obviously I can't do it. Yeah. What does he say when the guy's benching? I know. I was just trying to gotta get it up. (laughs) Something like that. Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. We'll cut it in. Yeah. Just another one. Let's dive into Sydney and Peter's like friendship a little bit. Uh, And like the stuff that they do together, which I I, I don't want to like talk about like each thing that they do together, but more so like how their friendship evolves and just how I love the, the, the journey that we go on with them. Like, Obviously, at the very top and just the most hilarious part is the the formation because Peter just has such a huge guard up the entire time. Like from the message he leaves on Sydney's phone, yeah, that is so freaking awkward to like <laughs> them talking about Rush and finally bonding about something. And you know he, you know Marshall's like, oh yeah, Rush is the best Marshall. band ever. Marshall, Sydney, um, Sydney's like, oh yeah, Rush, the best band ever. And Peter's like, yeah, I'm more like the best band ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, it's just so 
I just no, I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> you were just like, yeah, <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> so it's just I love how the tolerance that Sydney has, and he just still through all of that. It might like likes Peter and yeah. just goes along for the ride. So they go from like awkwardness to like playing air guitar to literal guitars. To licking each other's air guitars. <laughs> but even if I forget when he's at the office that he's, he makes a really bad joke and he's like, I'd still like to go get lunch with you despite that joke. <laughs> like I forget what the joke was, but it was Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I uh, it's so I mean, from a guy's perspective, or like from your experience being a guy, uh-huh. like how relatable is this sort of like friendship to you or like does it come across as realistic because for me it's like oh yeah i buy it 100%. yeah yeah no it does it does um i know every relationship yeah is and everybody's different too like not every you know not everybody is as friend starved <laughs> as peter is you know in the beginning of this to like be so desperate but you know like i could speak to where like there are sometimes when you meet people that you just think are cool and you like you know like as even no matter how old you get, you still get that feels as like you know even like sometimes I'll work on a film set or something. That, that's where I meet the majority of my new people is just working on sets because that's there's always new people. Yeah, and not that I've made a million like close 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 friends. I've made tons of acquaintances, and there are times where like you just think someone's really cool and you want them to like you, and like you do have those moments where like everyone's talking about something, and then you're just like, I know, right? <laughs> and then you know, just someone's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> so that that part I fully buy. Like it's just that whole. He clearly thinks Sydney's really cool and he wants him to like him. And so, yeah. like, but he just gets all in his head. But yes, yeah, so I think it's very, it's not just impressing the opposite sex. I think it's when anyone you think who's like cool and wants to like you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I can totally relate to like gravitating towards someone authenticity. Like the first time they meet at his open house, you know, he like helps him point out the phonies yeah. in his open house and uh-huh. it's just really... but he also like admits that he's a phony too yeah like, oh by the way yeah i'm not like i'm not here for any real reason <laughs> so i just really admire that and and one thing i did like about that because i think they could have written him as a loner too but he sydney's character actually does have friends yeah but he's at that point in his life where mm-hmm. if you don't go the route of settling down you tend to get left behind by your friends yeah and like you know it's even if it's not malicious it just happens naturally like and that's what happens all his friends seem really nice they're just busy mm-hmm. you know and so yeah he's really excited by peter just being like available and excited to just yeah hang as if they were teenagers yeah they're at opposite spec ends of the spectrum there. yeah <laughs> I know sense. the end of the movie tr- like, kind of has one line to justify Sydney's money, but it's hard to buy that this guy, <laughs> he's never working. Yeah. Ever. And not that he, and we never really see what his place looks like, but mm-hmm. even the fact that he can afford a man cave in California, I'm like, he's making. He's s- an investor. Right. You don't have to. How much do investors really need to work? You uh, just sit and invest. It's the classic. Movies and TV love to give characters real estate agents, <laughs> architects, like like anything where they can have a lot of free time, but you'd still believe that they could make a lot of money if they were successful. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because the way Peter just blows off work constantly, it's oh. like, yeah, he couldn't have a real job. Like he had to be a real estate agent where you work for yourself. Oh no, if you saw Ro- Selling Sunset, you would know that they have a lot of free time. A lot of it is schmoozing. Yeah, how many <laughs> of it is retakes? All right, <laughs> for the re- for the cameras. <laughs> So just to kind of expand on like the idea of like Sydney and Peter hanging out, one of the things that Peter and Sydney do together is walk uh, Sydney's dog around, oh, like yeah, on the yeah, yeah. Um, on Venice Beach and stuff. Uh, the dog's name is Anwar, 
pretty cute. Well, you always go deep dive into the dogs and things. <laughs> you always find out the real dog actors. Like I've never. Oh even... no, sorry, no. In the movie. Oh, his name oh is the... I thought you were yeah. gonna be like. Oh, I think you did that with uh, Legally, Legally Blonde. Blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Like, his name's Anwar. He's a good boy. <laughs> um, he listens uh, at dinner time. Yeah, he actually got his start. At... <laughs> did they um, ever say the dog's name in the movie? Yeah. So actually, it ended up being a big deal. So. It... The dogs. Oh yeah, dog. Of the course movie. they did. Yeah, yeah. Because because yeah. uh, he looks like. Uh, he looks like Anwar Sadat, which was the um, 1970s Egyptian president. Yeah. What ended up happening was the descendants of the president ended up suing like the studio or the movie because like they found it like really offensive that they were like this dog looks like. All right. Yeah, I don't know where the lawsuit landed, but I that mean, was those like guys a ever thing. watched South Park? Like, like, <laughs> you're just like, like it's the most inoffensive thing you do. It's like, it looks like my dog. Like, it's like, <laughs> I think like you could bring it up once, but like the f- they brought it up like two or three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> but it's such like a. I know it was a successful movie, but like it's not like the whole world after this movie was like, that dog looks like Anwar. I didn't even remember it. I mean, that joke was clearly written by someone of a certain age because they were young in the 70s when that guy was like a political figure. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's like in like 20 years, if I was like, oh, that dog looks like Ralph Nader, people wouldn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But like, I was young when Ralph Nader was around. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, not, it's like, it's it's a very... So that's what I always looked at it. I was like, I never remembered the joke because I was... <laughs> Born in 1990, so I never even knew who Ayn Rand yeah. thought was. Right. You know, it's like a very, it's a very like, it's a timely joke for whoever was a certain age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I bet in the 70s he was on the news a lot for some reason. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> who knows what? But I'm sure he was constantly on the news, and kids remember that face. You know, and like. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. Uh, so. It's such a but that's a, that's such a stupid thing to get offended about. <laughs> like, they should be happy people are talking about him. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> Oh no, we're gonna get sued. Yeah, let him <laughs> making no money, but we're gonna get sued. Let him do it. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I was talking earlier about how like if they rewrote Sydney just a little bit in a different way, I wouldn't like him at all. Yeah, I think one of the things that have me leaning in the not liking him direction is the fact that he doesn't pick up his dog. Oh poop. yeah, it's a completely <laughs> selfish act. But I, I like I was saying, um, I kind of like that because. I don't think I would have bought the movie if he was, like, this, like, really wise guy with all the answers who, like, was teaching Peter, like, the way to live. Mm. Like, by making him flawed also, it's... They, they learn from each other. You know what I mean? So it's, like, the movie's not saying his lifestyle's always right. He right. just has the right ideas about certain things. But, yeah, like, there's no defending the picking up shit thing. I don't know if it was just because it was, like, played to death in all the commercials, but, like... I don't even, like, I, I think I've just seen that joke and seen so many times at this point from the trailers and watching this movie that, like, it's, Of, like, people stepping on the dog's poop? Of, oh, no, like, literally the scene. Like, like I remember every bit of promotional material was always show the two dog scenes back to back, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And, like, I don't know, I guess maybe it was just overexposure, but, like, and whenever I watch the movie now, I find it, like, the least funniest part, because mm. it's just like, all right, I get it. He doesn't clean up the poop, and then he's scared of the guy with the muscles. Yeah. But I'm sure if it was the first time, I thought it was pretty funny, but... They do play that scene. Like, we watched the preview before yeah, yeah. We, we started recording, and it does not serve this movie justice yeah, at all. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's just... It's hard, though, when you're promoting an R-rated movie, you need to make a trailer that's good for everybody, and, like, there's only certain scenes you could use at that point, like, you know? I guess so, yeah. yeah. But after, after they start hanging out a little bit, you know, obviously, they get really close, and close enough for him, for Peter to invite Sydney to his engagement party... Which I think is one of the the funniest scenes yeah. where you get basically everyone in the movie, o- almost everyone in the movie in the same room. Yep. 
in the behind the scenes that I watched, this was one of the like funniest. It's kind of like shooting the dinner party of the office yeah, episode, yeah, you know, exactly. like you get everyone hilarious in the same room to, to shoot the scene. You know, you get J.K. Simmons, you get um, Jane. What's her name? Jane Curtin. Yeah, Jane Curtin, Andy Samberg, who I forgot to mention this earlier wasn't even the original actor um, who was going to play Peter's brother. Uh-huh. It was going to be John Bernthal. Do you know him? I do. I know that name, but I can't fucking put a picture to him He was... in my brain. But I definitely know that name. Oh, it's fucking the guy from Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, uh... yeah. He's, uh, and he's the Punisher on Marvel. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's the best. Is he uh, funny? Because like I looked him up and I was like, I can't see him playing the brother. Um, I don't think he plays too many comedies, but I think he's he could be funny. He was uh he was in uh, Baby Driver. Oh, was he? I ain't gotta watch that movie again. He was in the beginning in like the there was like the first crew when they do like that very first heist. Yeah. Oh wait, was he in Baby Driver? Or am I bugging? Or am I just picturing John Hamm in my head? Yeah, now? I think John Hamm. I remember John Hamm. No, nah, I'm no, fairly I'm certain fucking... he was. I'm gonna keep uh, killing time <laughs> as I let IMDb load here. No, he's in Baby Driver for oh, sure, 100. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he's remember. like he's in that first crew, and then and then the second crew is like the one that's like bigger, the, big... the one that has Jamie Foxx and all those. But like in that opening scene, I think he's part of that crew. Oh, interesting. Well, he was originally going to play Andy Samberg's part, um, but I guess was replaced um, shortly after rehearsals began for the film. Yeah, that is, I guess, in 2009. Like, was he known in the, in the comedy world? Because I feel like everyone they cast on this was kind of like in the same like friend group of comedians, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know him at all until Walking Dead, and that was 2011. So that was two, uh, two years after this. Yeah, I'm not seeing tons of comedies well maybe that's why he you know yeah i didn't get they ended it. up putting in yeah, yeah oh he was in night at the museum battle of the smithsonian <laughs> okay if i thought you not, loved those movies if, you, if it's not the first one don't talk oh to i him. thought you loved all of them no no just the first one um he played al capone yeah haterade over here <laughs> you're always like no, they, they were like oh let's make a franchise out of it's for kids you and know, it seems like, like a pretty franchisable storyline <laughs> yeah and it is nice to see robin williams you know i Ayo. think that was like one of his last movies the the third one yeah yeah, I mean the first one was definitely not one of his last. No, movies. no, not the first. One. <laughs> not like, the that first was like fifteen one. years before he died. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, speaking of everyone being in the same friend group, I don't know how familiar. I mean, obviously you know the up, um, the upright citizens. Br- br- UCP. The upright. You could just say UCP. Oh yeah, obviously you know, <laughs> obviously you know UCP. UC- U- UCP. Obviously you know the upright citizens brigade. UCB. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> How can you not say Upright Citizens Brigade? You said it so easy. Up Upright Citizens Brigade. Brigade. <laughs> Up Upright Citizens Brigade. Brigade. That's, that's so hard to say. I mean, I think that's why everyone knows it as UCB. And nobody says Upright Citizens Brigade. And then I say UCP. Brigade. Yeah. Oh, jeez. The, the uh, Unsane Clown Fosse, UCP. <laughs> <laughs> They're they're an off-brand insane clown fossey. They're the insane clown fossey. <laughs> you know, obviously they they brought in a bunch of like people who knew each other to star in this movie, and sure. there is a scene where uh, Sydney and Peter take. Well, Peter takes his fiance, and they invite the fiance's friend to go golfing with him in yep. Sydney. Um, and there is a scene where like. Or there's a there's a part where they're holding people up. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. at the golf park. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually a Matt Walsh cameo. 
Yeah, yeah, I recognize Matt Walsh right oh, away. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so it's actually a callback to a skit, a UCB skit. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's wearing like the same outfit. Like it was it's a callback oh, to that. That's like funny. they're like sneaking inside jokes in yeah, there, yeah. you know what I mean? That's that's great. Which is pretty cool. But um yeah, so sorry, to jump back to this din- dinner scene that I planted like 10 minutes ago. Yep. Um, I'm so out of the loop in like what guys talk about like when they're together, but like the fact that he brought up in front of the entire room, not even in the most subtle way like about the blowjobs. Yeah. Um uh, this was probably I get how funny it is, but like it's for insane. me, probably like the most uncomfortable joke. Yeah, you it's, know, it's also like, pretty unrealistic. Like I feel like with Sydney, they tried to write him in a way where like he really understands like social situations, and like right. most of the movie is him getting on Peter for like sharing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing to the wrong person. Yeah. And so he, while this is very funny and like the delivery is like perfect, like <laughs> the you know it's like come on, you know, like yeah. return the favor. <laughs> Come on, like that shit's very funny, but it it is a little hard for me to buy that Sydney would be that like socially stupid. Yeah, if they showed him like drinking a lot beforehand, oh. then I could see. Or it. if like he made like a good speech and then maybe like pulled Zoe aside. Yeah, and then she was like, "What the fuck?" Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like then I would have believed it a little more. But like he doesn't seem socially stupid enough to be like in front of the parents and everybody right. like you know but it's still yeah, a very funny scene beginning of the ensemble cast though i do wish there was a little bit more funny stuff given to jane Curtin because she's so mm, fucking funny yeah and she plays like not even that she plays it straight she just doesn't have that much time in the movie like yeah she's like, kind of like the friendly mom yeah like the parent stuff is given more to uh jk the funny parent stuff is given more to jk and then she's just there to like set him up on a date and stuff and i'm like i don't sleep on jane like yeah i mean I, I not that i i didn't watch too much early early snl so i don't really know that her from snl that much but um third rock from the sun alone should give her oh. all the credit in the world she's one of the cone heads too right yeah nice ah I know some stuff. <laughs> yeah, her and Dan Aykroyd uh, came up with the Coneheads uh, on the show in the 70s and then 20 years later became the movie. That's cool. Yeah. Good morning, Prince Units. Dawn greetings, young one. What would you like for consumables? Pop-tarts, chicken embryos, seasoned patties of ground animal flesh? Mm, I'm not really hungry. Just some tang. Ah, tang. The drink the astronauts took to the moon. Astronauts to the moon. <laughs> yeah, I think after this scene, you know, we kind of just... The only other... Well, this is the first, like, time Zoe's, like, not feeling Sydney. Like, up until this point, she's been real excited every time Peter does something with Sydney. Because she's getting what she wanted him to have a friend. But this is the first time she's starting to be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, you know? But it is funny, and the movie acknowledges it, so... um, It's it's not like... I'm not criticizing it. It's it's in the movie. But Mm -hmm. I like that she gets, like kind of a taste of her own medicine because her and her friends talk about everything right and like you know peter does kind of bring it up where it's like you know like you you talk to your girlfriends how many times i give you head you're mad at me for talking about you giving me head you know what i mean like yeah and her her argument is she's known them longer blah blah blah. but still it's like it is uncomfortable like you know what i mean like uh, you know yeah to know like it's one thing if you kind of already have that relationship and you know and you're like oh we all talk about sex and this and that but like to to not know that your like significant other is giving that much details about you, uh, you know, it's like it's it's weird. It's it jarring. is. It is. <laughs> it know? is. It's so funny, like how Peter is just the guy that has, who has really intense r- relationships with people in a short amount of time. Like he only knew her for like 
a year before they got engaged yeah, yeah. and like Sydney's becoming his best friend. I was actually curious like their whole situation like did they, did they buy a house together? Like they seem to be living in like a real house. Like yeah. a, like a, like not a place you would rent. Like a like a big ass house with multiple rooms that a couple would buy together if they had the money. But yet they'd known I think they said something like 8 months. Like I don't even think it's been a yeah. year. Like I think he's like when I met you 8 months ago, like I knew it was time. And I was just like, so did they meet and then within eight months, like, or did he already, owe, is he that successful that he bought a multifamily house by himself? I, I can see And then see she Peter, just moved in? Like, I can see Peter having owned that house. Because I don't even, moving in. I don't even think they tell you what Zoe does. Like, she just seems to be like a housewife. No, she, she runs a business with her friends. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess I missed it. I don't remember what they do. She but... just seemed home all the time. So I was like, yeah. it seems like the type of thing where like, they should have already been together five years and like built this life. But like, to meet someone eight months move into a multi-family house with them and then seemingly barely work like you know what yeah. i mean it just seems something that would take longer to establish oh yeah we oh. hate them we <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck them <laughs> they own a house <laughs> screw them <laughs> they don't have a podcast you know i mean what kind of couple is this <laughs> uh the only other real thing that like i wanted to call out uh is just the tux getting a tux together oh yeah i really like this one because you know classically in a rom-com it's always the girl getting a, the dress yeah and it's not the guy shopping around together with the tux but like i just again with the awkward sequences just sydney having him pose in a tux how is freaking paul rudd so good at playing the awkward guy yeah he's great <laughs> he's so good <laughs> <laughs> like ah uh, i'm james bond <laughs> and it doesn't usually you know just to generalize it doesn't usually come naturally to the charismatic good looking yeah. like which paul rudd is naturally so it's like you'd think that it would be hard for him to not be like cool and sexy but like yes. he's very good at it i thought uh, i i the first time i watched this movie obviously not knowing how comedies like this work but i just i remember having that feeling where i was like oh here we go this is where the movie takes a wrong turn and Sydney's gonna disappear with the money. Like I didn't oh, know where yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. movie. Was. Like I just remember having that thought. I mean, you're supposed to think that too, because it's like you know he barely knows him anyway, and it could have been too good to be true. Right. Like, like is this guy just hanging with you because you got some money and some some free time? You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he asked him for for money for business investment. I mean, we'll talk where this goes, but I still kind of think this was a piece of shit move. You a little really? bit. A little bit. Yeah. Why? Because he just that would be like. If I was talking to my friend about my career and then like I say I needed like like new gear and I, I can't do a job right because I need to invest 15 grand in a mixer. And then he asked me for 15 grand and then buys me that mixer and he's like, it's for your career, dude. Oh, I see. Like it's I still see. my money. Like he doesn't know if but like I see Yeah, I get that saying. it helps. All right, so we'll just say it. So he borrows him his money, and then later, a few scenes later in the movie, we see all these billboards up of Pete with all from all the different outfits. Right. And it was that Sydney was taking that step for him to put him, his name out there because he knew he was a better yeah. real estate agent. And I get it, like, from a storyline of he doesn't have the self-confidence. He really needed that push. He wouldn't do it himself. But, like, really in real life. Like, he basically just took his eight grand and then invested it for him in his own business without ever discussing, like... If he really thinks that was like, what yeah. if he was like, dude, I'm trying to get a new like building and like, <laughs> like, you know, I'm 10 grand away from like yeah. having a better office space. And that's going to, you know what I mean? Like, or like, this is the opposite of the image I want for myself. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, it's just like, he thought he was lending you the money and he was going to get that money back. Yeah. Now that money's spent. Well, he was going to give it back. I mean, he, 
does okay. cover it. But anyway, yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, I, like it's fine. Like, this isn't that kind of movie. Like, the movie's hilarious, so I'm not trying to be like, the storyline pissed me yeah. off, but like... I don't know. I just think it's like it's kind of a shitty move. Like, I see what you're saying. He doesn't, you know, just because he's got some money, like. Yeah. Um, you know. I I love my friends, but I wouldn't. I would never. <laughs> yeah, but even if it, like if it was like if your best friends came up to you and it was dead serious, and they were like, "I seriously, like, I much, I need eight grand. Like it's it's. Mm. I'll promise up whatever." And somehow they they agreed to blah, blah blah. And then you come home, and then you have two new monitors and a new computer for editing. And you're like, and they're like, hey, Masha, I just know how good you've been in editing and like, right. you deserve the best and you're only going to succeed in, in your career if you have the best. So we got this. Right. And you'd be like, with my fucking money? Like, like I, I know I could have bought that, but I need to sit, you know, like, yeah. I just feel like it's not as chivalrous of a move as the movie makes it seem. And Peter's initial reaction to being like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's also like it kind of a movie kind of implies that if it didn't work out, then it wouldn't have been a good idea. So it's like, it's like, is that a good idea then, or is that just a weird gamble? I yeah, I think it's a gamble, which which complements his city's personality. Yeah, like he's very like I'm gonna do this thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I see what you're saying. And then if like Sydney had the money to pay him back, like why did he need to go through the whole ruse to even borrow the money to begin with? Why couldn't he just buy it and be like, "That's my wedding gift"? Because like, he says, uh, yeah, yeah. he says it was my wedding gift to you." Or, well, no, what does he say is the wedding gift? Yeah, it is. His wedding gift to him was the billboards. But he doesn't actually give him the money back right away, does he? I think he gives him a check. Right, I so, don't recall. So even if he does, why the whole ruse? Yeah. Why not just do it? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I think maybe for the joke, like. I think I it's know. more for the movie to have a little bit of stakes because we need at this point there was like. We needed something to rift them apart, yeah. you know? Damn. I just, you Pick know. Picking nits. Pick a nit. <laughs> I see a nit. All right. Uh, Listen, I... I'm walking on the street. I see a beautiful tree and one little nit. <laughs> Pick that up. Uh, they did a little reuse, re- reduce, reuse, recycle here. Um, some of the billboards were actually like poses from like Paul Rudd's rolling stone spread from oh, like years that's before <laughs> like the one with him like laying down i was gonna say too like when like the he took the tux photos but like when did he take the cowboy yeah. photos and shit like was that all in that same day <laughs> i could see like just using the face yeah, like, yeah it's yeah. like how i photoshop you and you know for this podcast for sure for i could sure. i could totally see how you could make it work <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um the Touche. what what definitely ages this movie is the version of iPhone that they used. Oh, now. yeah. I was like, ah, I know when this that's took hilarious. place. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I really think that's this pr- movie's pretty much it. I mean, there's there are a lot of jokes. We're not going to call out all of them. I mean, the only other joke that happens during that, that tuck scene is really just like, oh, and I, I, I do think that it, it wraps up like Sydney learning peter's journey very nicely where um the guy from peter's mandate earlier in the movie comes across him and thinks that sydney is on a date with peter um i i thought that was a really nice way to round up sydney learning about peter's journey trying to find a best man yeah and like like that it wasn't quite as like natural as it seemed where like he was actually like fishing for a best man and i love the way like it's a total flip on the on the like the romance signs when someone's like you only like because of this and it's like no I wasn't even looking when I found you yeah. and like that's what he says to Sydney he's like I already gave up looking for a friend and then you waltzed into my open house <laughs> you know like a very romantic dialogue for for two dudes it's, yes. that's just funny yeah great um, writing great yeah writing. that's just funny um, I like uh, P- Peter when he finally assembles his groomsmen 
just that the slow mo walk oh, scene is so funny. It's like, yes. it's like J.K. Simmons, fucking Andy Samberg, <laughs> Joe Latrulio, whose name I can't remember in the thing. I forget and Lou Ferrigno. Oh, yeah, Lou Ferrigno. And oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the Ferrigno of it all. Oh, yeah. Let's Ferrig it out. <laughs> I mean, I. For, for me, I'll be honest. You didn't I know was. <laughs> I was like, who's Luffy? I was watching the movie and I was like, yo, if they didn't have all this dialogue telling you he was the Hulk, Masha, whatever, no fucking no idea, idea who Luffy Rigno was. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it. All right, the Hulk. Yeah, granted, the Hulk was way before my time. Like, that shit was on TV in the 70s. But uh, I, and now, okay, I'm not going to act like I'm the fucking Mr. Pop culture here. I knew, I think I figured out he was the Hulk at some point through, like, I love the 70s or I love the 80s or something. Oh, okay. But I always knew him was he was one of their neighbors on uh, The King of Queens. He was one of like oh. Doug's neighbors, and just like, so he wasn't in every episode, but throughout the show he would constantly pop in and out. And okay. So like I always knew Lou Ferrigno from that. Mainly. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I mean um, he's a funny guy. the director just wrote him into the script, and he was like, "Do you want to do this?" And Lou was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. You know, like it was just one of those. And it is funny too because I feel like they could have easily like made it someone else if they had to. You know, like it wasn't that yeah thing. But, uh, yeah, I remember that was the other big trailer scene was Jason Siegel getting choked out by him. Like, that was in every trailer. Like, come yeah. on, Hulk. Come on, Hulk. <laughs> that shit's funny, though. I do love the randomness of the the wedding party because I never understood how, like, seeing people's wedding parties and pictures, everyone looks the same. Like, same height, same, like, hair. Like, it always blows my mind when I see, and this is like no like shade towards wedding photos or like people's wedding groups, but I'm like, really? You don't have one person of color in your friend group? <laughs> you know, like when I you mean, just see like all. <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's that uh, abnormal. Well, <laughs> like, but, I think it's pretty, or just like, <laughs> a lot of places. Can you have like different heights of people? <laughs> like there's just, maybe it's just what's on my feed, but like just everyone is always the same height sort of the same race and just like there's no variety like i'm even thinking of my wedding party now and everyone's gonna like not that that we're gonna have a wedding party but like if i were to just take my group of friends everyone looks different yeah, you know yeah, what i yeah. mean like i just never understood how most wedding parties like all look the same <laughs> have you never thought that no, or is really. it just me yeah i haven't really thought that <laughs> okay well i i encourage you next time like just i look. mean i think part of it has to do with the fact that they're all wearing the same outfit Maybe it's that, but I just—I <laughs> like, mean, I get it, but it's like a weird thing to get hung up about. <laughs> it's it's like, not, I'm not hung up. I'm just like, <laughs> do you, are you being like, oh, like they wouldn't—they no, wouldn't, they wouldn't look I, like this? I just honestly <laughs> think most people don't make that many friends outside of growing up and a lot of mm. people live places where there's not a lot of diversity. You know, like yeah. if I kept every person I knew growing up, it would be all six foot white people. But like, I just happen to only hold on to two friends from Long Island or, you know, so, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then grab a couple from here, a couple from there. So I just think a lot of people don't like, most people don't leave where they grew up. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I guess so. You grew up in a little white town in Utah, <laughs> your friends are going to be white people. It's just like, that's what it is. Yeah. I guess I've just always been like, and this is a personal thing, like just been bothered where it's like everyone is the same oh yeah that's why i left long island i was like this sucks it's like why would i want to just <laughs> all this to say i really appreciate the randomness of this wedding party it's really fun it's a great joke and yeah. his dad like you know is in this wedding party yeah it's yeah. great so i'm kind of i'm, I'm kind of down to i mean the movie's kind of it ends in a happy ending right yeah, City, yeah. uh what i mean the twist is that peter's fiance ends up calling sydney of course he's already on his way to the yeah, wedding yeah. happily ever after it's like the wedding vows really just happened between sydney and peter <laughs> in the end yeah it's their love story 
Yeah, I guess there's no like big like funny funny thing at the very end. It is like uh, they like wrap up the story and it, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. You you get the final um, dad's best friend is oh, at the H- wedding. Hank Mardukas. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I joke because he giggles so much. <laughs> and Hank Mardukas. Hey. <laughs> Mardukas. <laughs> I am sad. I Props think for I... that writer. Yeah. Who wrote Mardukas. Um, I really want to um, see the deleted scenes. That's one thing that I didn't do because... Yeah, I would w- see ble- deleted scenes and bloopers would be a great time on this one. Yeah. Oh, speaking of bloopers. It totally seemed like a movie where the bloopers should have been going during the credits. I don't see why. Like, it, it's... That's such a Like, great it point. ended, like, too serious for a movie that's not that serious. You know what I mean? Like, it ended, like, and then they were all happy. Ah. Uh, and it's <laughs> like, yo, end up some jokes. Like, yeah. like, this movie's a joke machine. Like, it's not... What the it's hell? Why deep? aren't weren't there bloopers? Yeah. I just want to see like slap in the bed, <laughs> you know, like cracking up during that, you know. Yo. Like they can't even say slap the best. Uh, speaking of cracking up, I was cracking up doing research for this movie because there's one junket interview uh-huh. where Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel are clearly high, and it's hilarious. Nice. I encourage everyone to watch it. I You'll watch find it. it. Like I don't even yeah, just. Yeah. Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd, high interview, junket interview. Um, we'll we'll actually watch it after this. Nice. But um, if you if you guys want something fun to watch, uh, encourage. Do you have bromances in your in your lives? I have my same best friend since I was twelve years old. Uh, he's he's awesome, and imaginary. His name is Gideon. Yeah, he's great. He rides a unicorn, <laughs> and he visits you in your dreams. <laughs> this has gone horribly awry. Yes, I actually do have the same best friend from when I was 12 years old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and his name is not Gideon. I like, I like it that you're really laughing, and now you can't, like, stop. I'm just hungry. You are. You're hungry. No, I'm, I'm going to start too, sweating. Oh, uh, don't. No. Take off the hat. Oh, don't do this, you <laughs> jerk. I can't take off my hat. You can't take off your hat. No. Is that entirely true? It's a mental compulsion. <laughs> Otherwise, his head will fall off. <laughs> Otherwise, Gideon will come and get us and, all. And fly into the picture. Uh, but yeah, ready to dive into some best words? Let's do it. Do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, I just I, I just kept it nice and broad this week. I said just best worst uh, date during the date montage. Yeah. I got to go with... I mean, I don't know his name in the movie, but Boyle, Joel Truly is the, the squeaky voice guy. <laughs> As the best date? That was my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just my love for him, but that, that squeaky voice shit was just very funny. <laughs> and just like, hey, look. I can't do it. I can't do it with my voice. But, <laughs> yeah, um, it's way too high yeah, for you. He's, he's fantastic. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty good one. I, I guess I'm I'm gonna go by what made me laugh the most, and it's the Lou um Lou Ferrigno. It's the um when he plays poker with the guys. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's fucking great. That's probably my number two. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Cool, and we probably have the same worst. I was gonna pick the the gay kiss guy just because like I, you could see the joke coming from very far away. Yeah. It takes a long time to get there. And the just... gay mandate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The gay mandate. <laughs> This movie had a game ending. You gotta put it in. You can put it in. That's that's what they're talking about. That's like that's like what uh like like the ultra right is like woke Hollywood has a game ending. There's gonna be gays in every movie now. <laughs> what are they gay in Jurassic Park seven? What the fuck? Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Game ending. I agree. 
I kind of, this is one of those like best, best ones, but <laughs> just like the awkward, awkward moment or oh, thing yeah. that Peter says. Yeah, yeah. I know it might be hard for you, but, um, and there's so many that yeah, we're, we might really not think ones. about, but like, I just bulleted a few, but yeah, do you have anything that comes to mind? It's not my favorite, but because it's like, it was the biggest one. I feel like Jobin was hilarious, but, um. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I give me some of yours and then maybe it'll All spark right. my brain. I like later on the Memji. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> the ones where he, where he mumbles himself out are really <laughs> funny. Where like he can't even finish it. It's like later on the Memji. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, city slicker. <laughs> <laughs> city slicker. Yeah, um, those those are um, uh, just every time. Every time he, yeah, what you just said, like ending, trying to end the conversation, like he's like, I'll see you there, or I'll see you at another time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Those are all great. So, those, I just needed to call those out because, man, I, I, I would watch just takes and takes of them improvising for yeah. all of those ad libs. Should have bought the Blu ray, but it's all on the Blu ray. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Uh, that was fun. So beyond the credits. Let's do it. I, this movie obviously doesn't need a sequel, but I do think that if it were to have one, I think uh, the obvious title would be, I love you too, man. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I love you too, man. Yeah. But I don't know. What would the storyline of that be? So it's not that the movie was about only one of them saying, I love you. It's like they both said it. Well, they say it at the end. You don't know that he's going to say it. I'm saying in this movie. Damn, he's already nitpicking my title. I'm saying this movie's about the two of them falling in love <laughs> okay, so as listen, men. This is, this, is my, this is my plot yeah, for yeah, the second movie. Yeah, yeah, the plot. I'm just... For the second movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think the next one could tackle, like, jealousy in friendships. Uh-huh. In, in that, like... You get jealous, like, when your friends are, like, f- becoming friends with other friends. So, like, obviously, at the end of this movie, like, Sydney and Peter are, like, best friends, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it could be funny if they took, like, sort of, like, a bridesmaid's turn. Uh-huh. Where Peter is jealous of, like, Marshall's new friend that he makes. Marshall. Marshall. I freaking Yo, typed Marshall, too. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yo, real quick. So, I love this, but can I, can I add I think it should be the opposite. Really? Where what if it's like because of what happened in this movie, Peter finally like unlocked his like social butterflyness, and for the first time in his life, he's popular with dudes, and oh. all of a sudden, all these guys want to be his friend, and he's never dealt with that before. So it's it's like you know, it's like a guy get or like a guy or girl getting hot, and all of a sudden right. the opposite sex loves them, and they never knew how to. So now like he's getting friend requests for everybody, Damn. and then he's forgetting about Sydney, and Sydney's like, dude, I like made you, like you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think that would be better, but I like the plot. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I co-write this with you? Oh, can I, for can sure. I jump in? Yo, you close it all the time. <laughs> Andy's it. constantly like, I start it, it's not quite there. And then Andy just closes it. Yeah, that's all right. I'll, I would just, <laughs> yeah. Not that I want that, but that, that could be a route. That could be a route of a yeah, season for sure. I think so. Also, I think it's too late, though. That, that would have had to happen like within three years. Oh, yeah. Because now it's been 15 years later. It would be weird if like now... She starts making new friends. You yeah. Know? Like, I never see like the guy side of that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. what happens when like a guy, you know, gets jealous of like other guys' friends. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Like it would I think it would be funny. It that's, would be funny, funny to see. I mean that's uh the both the twenty one and twenty two jump street movies kinda that's like what their plots are uh, about. Like they, they get jealous of their of them like butting out new oh, friends right. groups and stuff. Oh, I guess it's not new then. <laughs> I mean that came out a few years after this movie, so mm. it's like, I don't know. Damn. But anyway, but yeah, also, it'd be fun 
what if you had to make a sequel today to I Love You, Man, 15 years later? Oh. Because I know it doesn't so feel like, like it, but early? it has been 15 years. Damn. So it's like, you can't, because I feel like the plot we just came up with would have had to come out in 2012. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. they would have had to be roughly the same age. Now that it's 15 years later, it would be really hard to... Right. Fuck. Well, I know it's not really 15 years, everybody. That was 2009. It's more like 12 or 13, but yeah, it's just it's easier fine. to say 15. We don't do math on this yeah. podcast. It's Sometimes fun. for the sake of the story, <laughs> you got you to gotta round up. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can't. I'm just trying to figure out like who Sydney, if he were to like be dating someone, who it would be. I think it would have to be a little bit like most of because Sydney's a bit of a man child. Mm-hmm. And like most times when we have the man child storyline, it just becomes to like how sad they become as they become a certain age. Yeah. Um, Everyone from like oh like clerks like like the the secondary guy in clerks like on the first one he's like cool and hip and like he's an asshole but like you know people like him mm-hmm. and then like by the time the second movie comes out twelve years later he's like a fucking dork like he's forty <laughs> years old still like arguing about movies online you know like just mm-hmm. like just still being like that twenty year old smug asshole but like older so nobody liked him uh, so okay. I think it would might be I think we would have to be dealing with like Sydney not being as cool as he was in two thousand nine yeah because now he's like in his late 50s trying to like jerk off in a chair and like why do you have a jerk off chair you're 55 <laughs> years old yeah <laughs> you know um so maybe something like that but i can't think of like a good plot yeah me neither i would i would have liked to see what the inside of i'm i wonder if like creatively it was too hard to figure out what the inside of his house looked like <laughs> you know like personality oh yeah yeah. Wise. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i'd watch a sequel just to see what the inside of his house looked like. <laughs> Or maybe they just didn't want to give away that he was he was a successful investor and like Ooh. if he had a nice house we'd ask too many questions. Yeah. Uh cool. Um but yeah, this this movie was really fun to watch again for the ten million time. I mean I was glad to bring it on the podcast with you. I just we love a good laugh. Yep. Uh and we love awkward comedies. Uh this cast obviously like you watch them all the time um, in various movies and TV shows. So I knew I'd have you from that standpoint, um, at least. It perfectly embodies, like, the struggles, the ups and downs of, like, making friends as an adult, um, which I really love. And just it, the rom-com from a male's perspective and just in making friends. Like, I just love the the nice subtle twist on that. Um and I, I, I know that you would appreciate it, too. So it's just a feel-good, easy-to-watch-anytime movie. And as, you know, engaged, as an engaged couple, too, like, just seeing it from that angle now, too, um, was, I thought you'd find pretty fun. So, Andy Man, do you love what I love? Love it. Love it. Love it. I love it. All right, Jobin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, I love this movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty solid comedy. Um, I, nice. I do think in the, at the time it came out, I did like forget about it, like I said, because it was just sandwiched in between so many other like comedies that that were like were powerhouses. So I I just didn't think about it too much. But watching it again now, actually, yeah, I do think it's funnier being a little bit older. Being 19, it was probably not quite the right age of, like, being able to connect to these characters. Mm. And now that I'm closer to where they are, it's, it's yeah, it's very fucking funny. <laughs> um, I don't really like rom-coms all that much, so any movie that's going to kind of twist it on its head or even, like, not that this is a parody of rom-coms, but it's definitely just flipping the formula and, like, kind of poking fun at how silly it is. Yeah. Um, so I 
dig that aspect. And then, yeah, who doesn't love Paul Rudd? Jason Segel's, like, one of my favorite comedic actors of that decade. Um, I just think everywhere from right right out the gate with Freaks and Geeks all the way to mm. the end of the decade with the Muppets, that man fucking crushed it. <laughs> like, absolutely crushed it. He's so fun. Um, and throughout How I Met Your Mother, you know, solid sitcom. Like, you just couldn't you couldn't do wrong for, for 10 years. Jason Segel's on the king of the world. Yeah. I don't really know where he's at anymore, but... Yeah, he's probably hanging out. Hey, yeah, I'm sure he's got his <laughs> money, but yeah, I just don't see him and stuff as much. Uh, yeah, so it's just a fucking great time. It's like... It's nice. It's tight. Yeah. Quick. Uh, great cast. And I think it it actually like it changes a lot th- the the casting. Like I was saying, where mm. by putting so many comedic powerhouses in the smallest of roles, it really adds something and just makes it feel more like a like a movie and like a crazy world. Where like I know just yeah. as a fan of comedy, I was excited because I knew someone like a Matt Walsh could pop up at any point or like just these people who have been like workhorses in comedy, but aren't necessarily like, you know, it's not like they have Will Ferrell and John C. Riley show up. Like they have like a little bit more understated people. You get, you get yourself a Jane Curtin. Or understated. A... That's the underlying theme of this movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I liked it. And then even, even like the celebrity cameo, like Ferrigno's a funny pick because he wasn't world famous in 2009. Right. Like, <laughs> like he was way, that's like 40 years after his hit TV show. Like he was truly not a superstar. So it's funny. Yeah. If, if they picked a rock, it wouldn't have been as funny because in 2009 he was a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. So it's it was good. It was they just like they. I felt like on paper it could have been anything. It could have been good. It could have been bad. But like they made so many right choices along the way, from casting to allowing improv to whatever, just little choices that it like it added up to a really good experience. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not it's not doesn't have like the punch of something that's say like a Tropic Thunder or a or a bridesmaids are a super bad like those ones that were like cultural powerhouses but it's like it came to win you know what i mean like it's not a home run but it's uh it's it's inside the park home run that's what i meant uh, to say so like it didn't go over the fence it stayed in the fence but it was still able to round all four bases yeah, like it was I still like that. it's still it nailed it but it, you didn't think it was gonna nail it you know what i mean slap in the base yeah it's, it's like a good slap on the base yeah i wish i was more of a rush fan maybe i would like this movie uh, just a little bit more yeah. i don't not like rush but i just I'm so indifferent. I think <laughs> I'm so indifferent. As a director, like, man, it, or as a writer-director, I should say, just one of the perks is definitely writing in things that you like. Like, this... Well, yeah. <laughs> How did... It, when he sold the script, the writer, was he just like, all right, look, a lot of this depends on if we can get <laughs> Lou Ferrigno, if we can get Rush, right. if we, you know, like, how yeah. many SNL cast members do you know? Like, wait, what? <laughs> Why does the, the mom has to be Jane Curtin? It has to be Jane Curtin. Ha- I'm sorry. <laughs> like, there, I'm, I'm out. If yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just really loved Rush growing yeah, up. So. But it is funny when you're, like, dependent on celebrity things and you're just like. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I got you. Um, well, I'm gonna bring a, I'm gonna bring a comedy to the table next week. Ooh, I'm excited. It's it's different but the same. Is it gonna be a a weird like possible sequel like? No, uh, <laughs> no. All I'll say is it's definitely gonna be weirder. Oh, yeah. great. <laughs> definitely weirder. All right, folks. Well, this that... one is a foot in reality. Mine is a foot in a slap of the bass. Slap in the bass, man. Slap in the bass. Um, slap in the bass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Oh. <laughs> That's our show, everyone. Please continue to slap at the best. Slap at the best. If you enjoy our podcast, <laughs> be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Ooh. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And also, if you have the time, please take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Jobin. And I'm Masha Banana. <laughs> and I hope you love what I love. <laughs>